With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. Hey, Dolphins, this is Michael Fink with the uh, FinFans podcast. Each week we come to you and bring you our opinions on what's going on within the Dolphins organization. During the season, you'll hear two shows each week where we review and preview each game. We shoot straight from the hip and have fun in doing so. We'd like to thank both the Dolphins Talk Network and the Pigskin Podcast Network for their support. Uh, Make sure to check them out. It's truly appreciated. All right, let's uh, kick off today's show. And we're back with another FinFans podcast. Uh, This evening, I've got Daniel Reinhart. What up, FinFans? And Louis Arconi. Hello, Dolphins. I do want to throw a shout out to uh, DeMar Hamlin and all his family and all the Buffalo Bills fans and people in Buffalo. A terrible thing we saw last night, and uh, hopefully he'll be okay and uh, life will go on. Yeah. Uh, So really, really tragic scene, and then it was tough to watch. Very sad. I mean, I don't know what... You know, what the percentage or the chance of something like, I mean, it's probably one in a hundred million, you know, that something, that type of injury or that type of situation takes place. And um, yeah, and the last time it happened was 1971. It's just so, so weird. I mean, just, it's just crazy. It's, it's sad and, you know, hopefully it pulls through. Yeah, and, definitely. Um, everything works out. Definitely thoughts and prayers are with DeMar uh, last night and tonight and moving forward. This is a situation that, you know, forget about the game that was suspended and postponed. Forget about uh, the longevity of the career. Uh, Forget about all of that stuff. You know, we just want the man to be okay. Um, Thoughts and prayers are with his family as well because you know they're struggling. And his teammates, you know, you've seen when they come back from commercial break last night, uh, the emotion on his teammates' faces and in their body language. and That's what was tough to watch, just yeah. watching everybody's reaction. I mean, how can you not feel for them? Yeah, it was a, a really terrible situation. And, and thank God the medical staff was uh, there and on top of their stuff because that's something that we don't talk about enough is how how much they did correctly to be able to bring him back from that and to get him to the hospital in in the condition in, in which he is. So kudos to them. I heard earlier today on the radio, that was a Hall of Fame effort by that medical staff. Yeah, I've heard the same. Um, you know, he's still in critical condition. Uh, I don't. I know last night he spent in ICU. I think he's out of ICU now, but he's still in critical condition, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully, like you said, he pulls through and uh, uh, he can resume his life. That's that's what's most important. Yeah. So we've we've got a game this weekend. Uh, assuming they play them, I'm sure they will. We come home and we play the New York Jets, a pretty big rival of ours. How are you looking at that game, Daniel? Well, it's the stinking Jets week 
this is one of those rivalries that through the years, haymakers have been thrown by both teams. Uh, it would be pretty damn fitting, right, if they were the ones to knock us out of the playoffs. But let's just hope that doesn't happen. We are in a tough spot, though. We are a team that's beat up right now. It's most likely going to be a, a third-string quarterback. I haven't heard anything about Teddy yet, but... Yeah, there's been nothing said as far as who will start. Yep, so most likely we're looking at Skylar Thompson. We have not won with a quarterback not named Tua. We also haven't won without our left tackle, Teron Armstead. We are behind the eight ball as far as health is concerned. We're going to need our playmakers to step up and make some plays. We have one of the worst points per game defense in the AFC. We struggle a lot more on the road than we do at home, but we also haven't been putting up the points that we are capable of putting up. And a lot of onus needs to go on those offensive coaches this week to get the game plan right. Hopefully we can do what needs to be done to pull out a W. Lewis? I think that the the key to the game is going to be how many how many guys actually get on the field for us. Um, you know, do I think we can win with Skylar Thompson quarterbacking? Absolutely. Um, this Jet team has been playing just as poorly as we have. You know, as we mentioned, I mean, you know, you've got some playmakers on offense. I think that you know what Teddy was doing at times in the game was involving the running backs and checking down quite a bit. And it was very effective at times, um, you know, penalties and, you know, just breakdowns, uh, cost us in that game up, you know, up in new England last week. And, um, you know, they've got to fix that. You know, you can't, you can't have eight. What do they average? Like eight penalties a game. It's too many. You know, it's just way too many. And, you know, it's crucial times. You, you put your team in a first and 20 or a first and 15, or you get it, you know, you get a nice run and, it, and it's called back for one reason or another. I think we had a nice completion at one point in the game and it got called back because Tyreek Hill, or it was a nice run, Tyreek Hill didn't line up at the line of scrimmage or wasn't set. I mean, right. you know, this type of set. shit's been going on for, for, for weeks now. You know, guys just, you know, jumping or not lining up correctly. I mean, it's stuff that should not happen at this level. And, and it's been happening way too frequently. You know, over the course of a game, it winds up coming back to bite you in the ass, especially in these tight games. So they've got to play a really solid football game. I mean, we haven't, you know, we haven't really seen an awful lot of it. There's been mistakes across the board, you know, but again, you know, I think that with all that being said, you know, if Armstead plays, if X-Man plays, um, you know, and even if, you know, Teddy is not playing and we have Thompson, a quarterback, you know, I feel we can still win this football game if they, you know, if they tighten things up. I mean, you know, as Daniel mentioned, some of these guys, you know, some of our players have to step up at some point and, um, you know, they, the better players have got to do it. And we just haven't seen enough of that. We just yeah. haven't seen enough of it. You know, agreed. You can't, you know, you can't look at a game and say, well, Tyreek had a long touchdown catch or Waddle had a long touchdown catch um, and, and be satisfied with that type of productivity. Because if you look at their numbers, you know, minus that one play here or there, they're really not very good. 
you know, and these are our guys that we have relied upon all year. You know, it's unfortunate because there's other players on this football team that you may have to get involved, and we just haven't seen enough of it sprinkled in along with these guys making their big plays to get anything consistently done with this football team on the offensive side. Um, you know, I mean, you guys were pretty satisfied with the way the defense played last year, uh, last week, weren't you? You know, in regard to the game up in New England? Yeah, well, I they, did not hate it. Yeah, I think they gave up, what, 21 points? Um, 17. I, I mean, if you don't count the right, pick six. Right. Yeah. The pick six, so, right. Yeah, you'll take that, right? I, mean, I think so. I think they gave them short field on maybe one of yeah. the other interceptions as well. So, you know, and they went I mean, up the, the problem with the defense, really, though, is they, they give up drives at the worst time sometimes, you know? Yep. And, and that's really what it is. It's not that they can't play fairly well, because they can, but it's when they don't play well is usually when they need to play well. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny because, you know, our, our offense – you know, people think that we should score 30 points a game, and they might be right. But, you know, with, with the game plan as we have it and with the involvement that we have of, of certain individuals, I, I, I just don't know if that, you know, if that's accurate. You know, you're, re, you're relying on two really small guys, you know, to get you through the course of a game on the outside. You know, you have to incorporate Mozart like you did last week in the passing game. You have to get a tight end involved, whether it be Gusecki or Smythe or whatever, four or five catches. You have to do these things in order to, you know, to throw different things at the teams. That way it does open up something for Tyreek or Waddle, you know, down the field over the course of a game four or five times each, you know, to where they're sprinkled in to making these plays. I mean, Mahomes does it, you know, Burrow does it. Herbert does it. These guys throw the ball all over the place to different receivers. And regardless of who's quarterbacking this week, I think that they have to involve a lot of different players and not just rely on our two outside guys because the Jet secondary is very good. And, um, you know, they, you know, I say this every week that there's no, there's, there's no corners in the league that can cover our receivers. But these guys in the Jets secondary are pretty strong and they are capable of competing and competing well against us. So we're going to have to get it from other avenues on the offensive side this week. It's a big game from Gusecki, huh? Um, Mike, <laughs> I, don't, I don't care where it comes from. You know, I don't care if it's Smythe. You know, it doesn't make any difference to me. I mean, just, you know, get... Get some other people involved, Sherfield, you know, Cedric, well, whoever it is, but somebody. I mean, don't you, don't you guys feel that we need, you know, a third, a third person? Yes, I here? think you're absolutely right. You need yeah. a third guy, whether it be a nickel, you know, I mean, not a nickel, a number three receiver or tight end or a running back that catches the ball, you know, 50, 60 times out of the backfield. You need a third, a third leg sort of speak yeah. to this offense and nobody on this football team has emerged in regard to doing that. I mean, you see Sherfield every blue moon and then in gold will have a game. Gusecki's been just, you know, I mean, just a horrible, horrible season all the way. The tight ends in general, I mean, combined, I don't know how many catches they have. It's not an awful lot, but 
you know, you need a third leg here. And, you know, with, with our quarterback situation, it's an absolute necessity, you know, because, you know, when you look at teams like Buffalo, you know, and Josh Allen, you know, he's got receivers and then he's alone a third leg because he creates, yes. you know, running the football. You know, our quarterbacks are not going to bring that element to the game. So, you know, you, you truly need a third guy, whether it be a running back or, or a tight end or whatever, or, or, you know, number three receiver to step up and make plays consistently. And it, it's really non-existent in a lot of football games where you have a third party um, involved in our offense. And, um, you know, it comes back to bite you. I mean, you know, if you're defending us, you're taking the two wideouts out. And, you know, saying, hey, beat us with the rest of you guys, because you guys, you know. That's pretty much the formula. That's the formula. And, you know, that's the way it's been. And that's why it's been, you know, such a struggle. So, you know, when people look at our offense as a whole with the struggles of Tua, you know, to top that and, you know, the lack of, as far as I'm concerned, game planning by our coaching staff um, for each individual game, you know, it, it's basically. A, a situation where the common denominator is an L at the end of football games. You know, they've got to do something to correct it this week or else, you know. I thought they did well game plan wise last week. I, I thought the problem was that our guys just weren't executing the way they can. Right. A lot of, lot of um, you know, a lot of, Mike, a lot of mistakes over the course of the game. You know, yep. the, 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 if, if I'm, you know, the, the, the game changer in that game was was the interception, obviously, that got returned for for a touchdown. You know, in that situation, you know, with the way the defense was playing against their offense and the fact that we had the lead at that point, you know, it's a third and 17. You know, don't force the ball. Yeah. Throw a ball in the flat, a screen play. If it doesn't work, you punt the ball and you make them work work it down the field, you know. He forced the ball in, and, and it came back to bite us in the ass. And, I mean, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, that's coaching right there. You know, you know they're sitting on everything. They've got a very solid defense. Third and 17, you know, to throw the ball that far down the field, big mistake and a turning point in the football game. You know, it is what it is. You know, we were put in that position because it was a penalty on the, play, on the, uh, the, previous, the play prior to that which put us in at third and 17, then we forced the ball. So two mistakes in a row there. And then, you know, not challenging the catch down the sideline to Tyreek, I felt was a major mistake because, you know, as we watched it, we felt that, you know, he had caught the ball. So, I mean, the coaching staff hasn't helped at all here, you know, as far as I'm concerned, different situations. And, um, you know, the offensive line I felt held up pretty well last week, minus the penalties. So, you know, there's a lot of blame to be thrown around in the football game. But the bottom line is, is that when it's all said and done, you're still coming away with a loss. You know, they've got to do some things to, you know, to fix it or else, you know, we're going to be watching the playoffs again this year because this Jet team would love nothing more than to knock us out of the playoffs because they're out already and yeah. they have nothing to lose. So, you know, they're going to throw the kitchen sink at us on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, they I'm have sure nothing they will. to lose, nothing to lose. I want to take it back real quick. We were talking about, you were talking about the, uh, the third leg that we need. And you would think that as the offense starts running the ball more, and frankly, we have, you know, we, we've bitched and moaned about not running the ball all season. And 
Last week we ran the ball 27 times. So, and, and the week before he ran the ball a good clip as well. And so, and he, by he, I mean Mike McDaniel calling the, the rushing plays. You would hope that that uptick in rushing would add to the success of our play action game. That it would help not only the two guys that are already, you know, handling much of the duties in waddle and throttle, but also help somebody else kind of become that third uh, leg of the and tripod. And also help keep your defense off the field. Absolutely. Uh, we haven't seen it necessarily come to fruition yet. And so, uh, as you just said, I, we have to really uh, see this coaching staff take a, a step forward as well as the players on the field. And then, don't hear what I'm not saying here. But you were talking about Josh Allen and the aspect and the element that he brings to the Buffalo Bills. Skylar Thompson is not like the other two guys that we have under center. And what I mean by that is coming out of Kansas State, he it was known for his legs, rushing yes. the football, uh, running, getting out and running. And so there is, there is a world in which Mike McDaniel game plans some of that in to start taking advantage of that 11 on 11, right? That hat on a hat where Skylar Thompson is the extra guy uh, and can do some things with his legs that we haven't seen our quarterbacks do. Not sure that that will happen. Well, uh, the Jets are kind of strong in the middle. So, yes, they, they are. You really see him running around, and it, it, it's a good week for him if, in fact, he is. And, you know, I was going to get to that. And they have I pro was, bowlers I, at every level, right? They yes. have pro bowlers at every level of their defense. So, I was talking more towards, you know, the course of the season, not specifically for this game, Daniel. Because, no, you know, I understand. I felt, you know, as we were, as we were going to talk about, the, you know, the game and, you know, how we attack them and so on and so forth, you know, that, that does bring a nice element to where he can escape a pass rush and he can create with his legs. Um, you know, my point, you know, getting back to it and then we can move off it is that We've got a guy in Sherfield who's our third leading receiver, and he has 30 catches through 16 games. Um, so, I mean, do the math, guys. I mean, this, this is basically our third leading receiver reception-wise. With 30 receptions through 16 games, that's, that, that's less than two per game. I mean, yep. you know, that's unheard of. It really is. I mean, think about that. You know, I don't know if there's many teams in the league that are in this particular situation, but it's either the two top guys or nobody, you know, week in and week out. And that, that's, that's the point I was trying to make. But, um, and, you know, it has to change at some point or else, you know, we're, we're a pretty easy team to defend. Go ahead. Um, Mike, you had something? Somebody was going to say something there. Well, you know, I look at the Jets' defense, and, and I see two areas you know, or two players they can pick on, and that would be, uh, you know, the uh, strong safety, Davis, and uh, their inside linebacker, Williams. Williams, yeah. yeah. Right. And, uh, you know, th those are guys who aren't at the top of their game. Everybody else on that defense is playing pretty well. They're very, very solid. I mean, against the run. They're average. So, you know, you may see them try to run the ball a lot. You may see what, what Daniel mentioned in regard to, you know, designed runs for Thompson. And that, that would be nice, you know, but um, eventually the Jets are going to sit on some of that. So, you know, they're going to have to get a couple of these other guys involved this week because their corners, 
you know, are not bad. And, um, you know, we're going to have to get other guys involved this week if they want to score points and win this football game. Yeah, Gardner's playing at an elite level. And yeah. uh, yes. so, so is Quentin Williams. Absolutely. Yep. I mean, And they're, so C.J. Mosley, the resurgence of C.J. Mosley. Uh, yes. You know, out yep. for two seasons, I believe, is what he was out for. And uh, back, and he's got 151 tackles on the season, so he's just That's turned crazy. it up. They're the 12th overall rated defense in the league. Yep. They've got Pro Bowl. All three of those guys, C.J. Mosley, Quinnen Williams, and Sauce Gardner, are all Pro Bowlers. Would have really have liked to see Houston draft Sauce so we wouldn't have to see him twice a year. But regardless, he is playing. He's actually playing it like an all-pro level, which is crazy for a rookie to come in and play that well. But yes. you know, you know Hill is really also good. playing at a Pro Bowl level, so that's going to be a great matchup to watch. All pro, all pro, not just Pro Bowl, all pro. Yeah. yeah. Great matchup. It is going to be a great matchup, and, and thus the reason, you know, again, I keep going back to it. We have to have other guys step up in this offense, you know, in the passing game. Um, you know, I think they will try to run the football against the Jets um, because their, their run defense isn't nearly as good as their pass defense. So, you know, they, they have to mix it up, though. I mean, they're going to have to make plays in the passing game in order to win this football game. Um, you know, because the defense for the Jets, that's their strength. And, you know, we can't have – you take the turnover away from last week's game and you probably have a whole different outcome. Um, that was the turning point. Um, we didn't get one and they did, you know, and they, they wound up getting a touchdown out of, the, out of the turnover that they got. So, you know, that, that, was, that was the difference in the football game and, and we can't have that happen again this week. You know, we've got to turn the tide. Yeah, and we did not have a whole lot – necessarily to complain about at first glance from the offensive line last week right uh but upon further analysis me and mike we kind of dove into it a little bit and a guy like eichenberg giving up seven hurries uh seven pressures he's really going to have to step up this week on the interior against quinn and if he if he plays right you may very well see jones back in um, because I can bear, I, I can bear just, you know, yeah, stunk he, up. Uh, he wasn't up to the task last week. At he this point the in the season, Quinton Williams has 12 sacks from the interior defensive yep. line. And that's just, yep. that's just seriously amazing. Uh, Carl Lawson at the defensive end position is playing really well too. He's got seven yep. sacks and 22 QB hits. So and that's why you need Armstead back. Yep. They're getting after it. Uh, that defense is no slouch. We'd like to throw a shout out to DraftKings for sponsoring our show. And uh, here's a little message and we'll be right back. The fans, the tradition, the glory. There's nothing more thrilling than college football. And it all comes down to the national championship game happening on Monday. My go-to for betting is DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top rated sportsbook apps. I'll be rooting for the Georgia Bulldogs, and uh, they'd be the team I'd bet on. And right now, new customers can bet just $5 on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. Plus, everyone can combine multiple bets for a bigger payout with DraftKings same-game parlays. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code TPPN. New customers bet just $5 on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code TPPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. But if you want to shift over to the offense, they've only scored nine points in the last two weeks. 
and they've really struggled. You know, one of those obviously was with Zach Wilson, who looks like he may have played his last down as a Jet already, which is really crazy. And take flight Mike White only led to six points last week against the Seahawks. So they are struggling on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, you know, they were talking about Mike White like he was the second coming of Peyton Manning, you know, a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, they were. And I kept telling, <laughs> you know, me, me and Mike had some conversations and I said, you know, this guy, okay, had a couple of decent, you know, games and he looked, he looked good. But, you know, the NFL, you start watching film on these guys and what they do and what they rely on doing and and so on and so forth. And all of a sudden they become exactly what, you know, what they should be. And, you know, his numbers, you know, three, three touchdowns, four interceptions. He's been sacked nine times in the four games he started. You know, his quarterback rating is 75.7. I mean, there's nothing special about this guy. You can't make him special. Like Mac Jones last week did really nothing special. He hit some plays. He didn't make any mistakes. And, that's you know, special. You're right. That's, that's special. It. He didn't yep. make that's <laughs> all you gotta do is just manage the game yep. and you know, rely on your defense. Well, uh, that's basically what Michael I mean, this is like a carbon copy offense of what we saw last week, with the exception of the fact that, you know, they do have a dynamic receiver in Garrett Wilson. I don't think New England has any type of guy like him on their roster, but you know, past him. You know, their running game right now, I mean... Their offensive line is not Zonovan good. Zonovan Knight, you know, is, and, and Michael Carter, or they're two backs, they're, they're both decent. But, you know, I, I never worry about a team running the football on us. You know, we always yep. do a good job against the run. So, you know, you can't make this guy make plays on you. You know, I say this every week, and I'll say it again. You know, you got you to gotta get to the quarterback, and we just don't do it enough. And, you know, I know... Everybody's been excited about the way Phillips has played this year, and, and he has had a really, really good season. But, guys, when it's all said and done, you know, you got to put the quarterback on the ground. You know, I mean, that, that's when, you know, Phillips has got seven sacks over the course of the year. It's not horrible, but, you know, he's the number one draft pick. He's our guy. And, um, you know, you want that number to be double that at this time of season, right? You want it to be a TJ Watt type of number. And, you know, some of these other outstanding defensive ends. Yeah, the, guy, the guy that needs to be getting the sacks really is Chubb because, <laughs> you know, they move Phillips inside the defensive tackle. At times, they yeah, do. And it, well, when they're in nickel. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, that's harder to get there than it is, from, you know, from the uh, end position. So I, I see him lining up, Mike, on the end as well in nickel situations. They What I'm getting at is, is that they've got to get to the quarterback. They have to get there. And they're just not doing it. I mean, when was the last time, you know, we, we had anybody other than Phillips get a sack from the outside positions? Melvin Ingram, non-existent. I mean, just non-existent. And I mean, last week it was a lot. It was much of the same, you know, without Chubb in the football game. I mean, Chubb didn't play last week. No, he so, did not. You know, um, you know, so Ingram was in quite a bit more. Now, I don't know how many plays he played and what he graded out at, but I'm sure it wasn't very good. You know, they can't allow this guy to sit there like Mac Jones did at times and just get comfortable in the pocket and throw the ball 30 yards down the field on the dime. I mean, you know, they've got, they've got to get to him.
the silver lining is the Jets gave up four sacks last week. There's one, there's one number here that I'm looking at from last week's game uh, that we have to watch out for, especially if Xavier Howard is out again, and that's 11 targets for Garrett Wilson. You mentioned him earlier, but 11 targets is a number that we have to make sure that doesn't happen because he can have a big game. You know, but I wanted to also point out, you know, when you're really looking to see who's getting a lot of targets, that's when you're putting together your DraftKings lineup. Garrett Wilson with 11 targets a game is, is a guy that you kind of want to target for your, dia, your daily fantasy sports. What I, what I see when, when I look at this, I, I see Igbenogany out there against Wilson, which is not the matchup I want to see. Absolutely not. Uh, you've got more on, you know, Kohu on Moore, and you've got uh, Crossan on um, Davis. Yeah, I don't know how that's. I don't. I don't see that, Mike. I don't see. Yeah, I don't either. I, I think they probably put Kohu on Wilson. That's that would be my guess. If, if he's out, I mean, do we do do we even know what these injuries are to for any who? of these guys for Armstead or for X Man? No. What's X Man's problem? Uh, he he banged a knee in practice against another player. Went knee to knee. Okay, gotcha. But no chip knee or anything. I don't like think that. so. They you know it's just a bruise. Thing. Gotcha. Well, you know what? Let's just hope that they were saying, you know what? We, we, we Let's rest these guys this week so they're definite. And that's all we need to do is win one out of these next two. And, you know, they were counting on them all playing this week. That's all, you know, that's all we can hope for. That's kind of what I thought. Yeah. I mean, you hate to be in that situation, but those guys have to play. I mean, because that that's 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 going to be tough. I mean, those are some really rough matchups. Yeah, because we really need to we really need to be able to take away Garrett Wilson. You know, like Elijah Moore has been a giant disappointment for this team. Corey Davis is okay, has yeah. trouble staying healthy. Uh, he's a big target, so he's he's a dangerous guy if you let him get loose. But Garrett Wilson's the one we got a key on. Like you, I'm not worried about their uh, their rushing attack. Uh, both of those guys have some talent, you know, and both of them can break big plays. Michael Carter's great out of the backfield when they target him. They just haven't been doing it nearly enough if if I was the offensive coordinator there. Uh, but Garrett Wilson's the one. He's the one we have to key on, so I would expect our best cornerback to be on him regardless of, of who we have on the field. Yeah, their tight ends are used quite a bit too. I mean, yeah. Conklin, Conklin's got a lot of catches this year, 56. And then Zuma, their their other tight end, has 21 receptions. Yeah. I mean, seven these of, guys, 77 receptions combined yeah. between their two tight ends. I mean, gee, how many crickets? Us in comparison? <laughs> it's a joke. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like I think we have a total. <laughs> between we have a total of 40 you know and the yardage yardage wise it, it's just they have like double the yardage from the tight end position as well the jets so they rely on their tight ends quite a bit and they're both pretty solid players you know tyler conklin came over from minnesota and uzuma came over from cincinnati um they're they're both pretty good tight ends and um you know we get hurt by them as well so you know, the key is going to be, you know, getting to this kid white and, and rattling him a little bit. Because if you watch the game last week, he couldn't get anything done against Seattle. And Seattle's not a world beater of a defense. Their offense couldn't get moving for nothing because they put pressure on him. 
They forced him to get rid of balls early and whatnot, and he just did not have a very good football game. So you can't allow him to get comfortable back there and get confident. You know, they've got to keep him down. An interesting. Uh, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. I was just going to say, and interestingly enough, you don't really see this, and you might not think of it straight off the bat, but the New York Jets want their offense to look similar to ours. You know, they not only did they go after Tyreek Hill, but they've got a guy from the Shanahan tree from San Francisco who coached with Mike McDaniel. Their offense coordinator is Mike LaFleur. So yep. you see them using the tight end. That's something that we expect to see more of. You see them struggling to run the ball. That's something that we kind of feel in our soul down here in Miami. So these offenses want to be similar. They're not quite there yet, but there's the familiarity, the familiarity there between the offensive coaches too. You know, no, it's, go, go ahead, ahead, Mike. No, I, I, it's just funny because you know th- this is the other thing that I that I find really interesting is that you know us struggling with running the football. If you look at the two top running backs combined, Mozart and Wilson, you know, combined they have almost twelve hundred yards rushing this year, and they're both averaging close to five yards a carry, averaging close to five yards a carry. I don't see us as a struggling running football team. I see us as a team that just isn't dedicated to it and doesn't stick with it. But, you know, to say that we're not successful, you know, the numbers, you know, show you different. Um, you know, these guys have been the majority. I mean, they carry the football game in and game out for us. And when you're averaging close to five yards a carry, it's, it's, it's not a bad number, you know? So, you know, if Mozart, Mozart has a solid game this year, he, this week, he's going to go over 900 yards for the season. And I think he missed a game or two, didn't he? So, I mean, you know, this guy realistically, you know, if, if he stayed healthy the whole year, may have had a thousand yards. Bottom line is, is that, you know, I think they've run the ball successfully. I just don't think that they've been dedicated enough to it over the course of four quarters. That's where I think the problem lies. Tyreek Hill agrees with you. Does he really? <laughs> yeah. He does. Really? Interesting. And why you know I'm making that up, right? <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't. Yeah, no. I, don't I know mean, if he I'm, made a I'm, I'm saying that, that because the amount of targets he gets as opposed to how many runs we have. Right. I mean, you know, listen, I, I know that, you know, I, I know that, um, you know, he's an exceptional football player. I mean, but, you know, he's been targeted 165 times yep. over 16 games. I mean, that's over, that's over 10, yard, 10, 10 um, targets a game. Um, you know, in comparison, Waddle's been targeted 112 times, and that's a pretty solid number as well. So these guys are getting a lot of targets. It's, you know, it's, with a guy like Hill, I don't think you want to over target him. I want, I think you want to kind of lull the defense to sleep. Yes. And when you need him, yeah, that's when you go to him. Yes. You know, I mean, it, similar to the way they used to use Warfield, which I know is, you know, back in ancient times, but a similar, you know, um, use. Prehistoric times, Mike. Yeah, prehistoric. Rock underwear times. I don't know about that. That'd be uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, listen, here's the thing. You know, it depends. There are games, Mike, where, you know, he's catching a lot of shorter passes and, yep. you know, they're moving the chains and whatnot. But, no, I totally agree with you. Um, 
you know, I, I think that, you know, spreading the football around would benefit Tyreek more so than getting targeted 165 times. I mean, he's an exceptional football player and you want the ball in his hands, but you have to be smart about it. And I mean, when, when our offense is averaging the amount of points that they've been averaging, it's not a very good thing. I mean, you know, we had some really great games against, you know, some, you know, who was it? Uh, Detroit and, and Cleveland, which really boosted our numbers for the season. And then a fourth quarter against Baltimore. But when you look at our offense and the identity and you look at it and they're just so, I mean, there, there's, there's no real flow to their offense whatsoever, especially of late, you know, it's a big play or it's nothing, you know, it's, it's a, it's, there's just no flow. Well, There's last no consistency. Week, Lewis, I, I thought they did some things that we've been asking them to do. They did in the first half. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I mean, without a doubt. So, it's, I mean, I think he's getting it. I just think he's, he's a little slower to the punch than we were. That's all. Second <laughs> That can't happen, Mike. I mean, we're, I know. Not, we're, we're I know. fans, and he's a yeah. head coach. I mean, I, yeah. you know, we, we don't know you know, what, what's taking place out there. What, what I have found, Mike, is the fact that, and I think you said, you hit it on the head when you said he's being hard-headed. I, I'm pretty sure it was you. Uh, it may have been Daniel. I think it was you that said, you know, he's being kind of hard-headed when it comes to, you know, getting off of what, what he wants to do. And, um, you know, it may in the end wind up costing him a job because, um, you know, there's been a lot of mistakes made all over the place um, in regard to, you know, the utilization of, of players on this offense um, and, you know, some play calling, questionable play calling. Uh, time management. Time management. Oh, Replay God. management. Replay I mean, management. There's, there's a lot of things you can point to, but. Discipline, yeah. I mean, you, you know, know. Being a first-year head coach, I just wonder if they don't you know, uh, allow him to grow. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know what the outcome is going to be when it's all said and done. I do know that, you know, the quarterback situation, you know, with two is health and everything, um, almost puts you in a position to where y- you have to start thinking elsewhere. And, um, you know, it's unfortunate, but you know, even if this guy gets cleared, you know, I don't see him playing this week, uh, no. but maybe for a playoff game, if in fact we win this Sunday. I mean, you know, is this something that the organization and us as, as fans, you know, want to go through every year? I mean, this guy has not been able to stay on the football field in any one of his three seasons up to this point. And, you know, I don't see anything different going forward, anything changing going forward. Um, I think this is, you know, this is the reality of, of the Tua situation. And, you know, us as fans have to accept it. You know, he's not a guy that's quick enough to elude, you know, hits. And he's not smart enough to avoid them at times, you know. So, uh, you know, you know it, it's a tough spot for him, you know. It he, is. You know, I mean, I know he's trying to compete and show his yep. toughness, but you know, when you're as small as he is and you don't have that, you know, that, that quickness to, to run, run away from defensive linemen and linemen. I mean, you know, you just or the to, strength to throw off your back foot when you're retreating. 
exactly. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, physicalities that are involved with him. You know, I think we're just going to see much of the same. And, um, you know, it's going forward, you know, it, it's going to be very interesting what takes place in this off season. Uh, I just hope if he, if he is with us, they find him a helmet that will cushion the back of his head better because you don't want to keep seeing him go through the same thing, you know, the whiplash head in the ground type thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, Mike in the NFL, it's amazing, right? Because you, you see quarterbacks that basically play their whole career, that don't have a lot of mobility. You know, you saw Peyton Manning and, and people like that do it for years. Even Drew Brees, right? Yep. You know, yep. after his early, you know, shoulder situation, he played for years and, and was always able to get through games healthy. You know, and, you know, the, the game hasn't changed. It's, you know, it's the individual and it, it and it's the, you know, it's the understanding of what you have to do on a football field. And I'm not sure that this guy, you know, that, that Tua is capable of that at this point. And, you know, you would think he'd be a little bit more cautious and a little bit more uh, understanding of, of. You don't want to go the other way, though, where he's playing too cautious. You know, he's got to be aware. That's really the word I'd like that's, to use. That's it. You know, you have to be aware of, of the circumstance and that, hey, you know, we, we, we see him force things quite a bit when it's just not there. Hey, you know, you got to live, the, you know, you're going to live to see another play over the course of the game unless it's, you know, fourth down and, and, and eight, you know, at the end of a football game, you know. Um, you know, over the course of the game, you just got to be smart. We don't seem smart with football a lot of the times, you know, very loosey-goosey. Um, you know, the ball's on the ground. He's trying to force a ball with a guy draped all over him, that yeah. type of stuff. You know, that, that results in, you know, injuries. You know, a few of them have been on him. A few of them are just circumstance, you know. So we, we have to understand you know, as an organization, and, you know, I think they do, you know, what, what they're going to be facing going forward with, with, with Tua. And um, they're going to have some big decisions in the offseason to make. Well, the question is, do you, you know, and we'll talk about it later, but, you yeah. know, do you, do you bring Tua and McDaniel back? You know, and that's really the question they got to ask themselves. And, and uh, you know, if it's me guessing, I, I, I think they probably will. I don't think they have an option, Mike. I mean, obviously at the head coaching position you will, but, you know, in regard to Tua, I mean, you know, what are your options going to be? I mean, right. you know, Thompson, um, you know. You can I mean, try and sign Aaron Rodgers, you know, but. Right. I mean, but, but will you be able to? You right, know, under, exactly. Under do, they the have the, do they have the assets to even attempt that? Attempt it? Yeah, exactly. The money. Yep. You know, the, the ability to, you know, I mean, you know, we don't have a lot to give up trade wise. Um, you know, they, they, there's a lot of guys that have to be signed. I mean, and we'll talk about this, you yep. know, yep. down the line. But, um, you know, for this week, you know, we've got to have a lot of these guys that, that, that you know, that we feel, um, you know, should should step up, they need to step up. You know, I see Wilkins around the football, game in and game out. It's time for a lot of other guys to step up and make some plays on that defensive side. And on the offensive side, you know, the, the coaching has to come up with a game plan that 
just gets other guys involved. I don't care who the hell catches the touchdown passes this week or runs the ball in. It doesn't make any, any difference, whether it be in gold or, you know, um, Sherfield. Well, he was out last week because he's hurt in gold. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, yeah. who knows if he's better? <laughs> so we'll see. The one, one weakness I see on the Jets that we should be able to exploit is their offensive line. And if we can do that, it gives us a chance. That's how I see the game. Mm-hmm. That's what I was trying to say before. Gotcha. So, you Probably know, good sidetrack there. Yeah, you know, if they, if they can compete against that offensive line and then shake Wilson a little bit, then then we've got a shot. If they can't. I don't Not think we Wilson meant. White, Mike. White. Yeah, I meant White. Sorry, I wish it was Wilson. So, what's your uh-huh. prediction, Mike? Do you have a prediction? Oh, you want me to go first, huh? <laughs> you were kind of going there. You Daniel, were, were you like mimicking? You were there. Daniel, were you mimicking Mike on that? Oh, no. No, it I think he was mimicking lot. you. Yeah. No, it sounded an awful lot like you, Mike. So, mm-hmm. Mike, you got a prediction? Because that's what you usually do yep. to me or Daniel. So, I Daniel, you got a prediction? Go ahead. I Mike, you were the closest last week, by the way. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> Not exactly what I wanted to be right. Right. Um, I, I think the defense steps up. I think Igbenogany gets another interception. All right. And uh, we win a low-scoring game. I'm going to say 17-16. Okay. Lou, you got what, what do you got, Lou? Well, if we have our guys, we're going to win the football game. If we have Armstead and if we have X-Man. If we don't, we lose. That's what, a, well, that's what I think it boils down to. I think that if those guys are on the field, they'll give us just enough blocking and just enough defense to squeak out this game. Um, you know, if, in fact, those guys play, I think we win the game 17-13. If we don't have those guys play, um, you know, I think we lose 20-10, something to that effect. I, I really think... Without Armstead, we're, we're going to struggle against this defense. I think he, he's an absolute necessity this week. Yeah, I, I, agree I would agree. That. Uh, yep. Stay tuned after my prediction. I have an interesting stat. But I do think, so I said New York has only scored nine points over the last two weeks. I think they eclipsed that against us in Miami this week. I think Mike, Mike White does not play a terrible football game against us this weekend. But I think Skylar Thompson does just enough to get us the W. I think it's a little higher scoring than you guys. I'm going to say 16 for the Jets and 24 for the good guys. <laughs> the good guys. We haven't been good guys in, <laughs> in about five, six weeks. Well, I still Daniel. love us. So <laughs> All right. good well, guys good in my guys. heart. Yeah, good guys finish last, Daniel. Well, let's... And we uh, marry Mel <laughs> Very well, may finish. All right, that's not funny. Yeah, no, it's fans, right? For we got to be mean guys. I want to be bad guys, uh, Daniel. I don't want to be a good guy this week. I want to be bad. You want it to start with Chubb and Ingram, right? (laughs) So, Mike, they need to be mean guys. Van Ginkle, I don't, yeah, somebody, I don't care who it is, they got to put these quarterbacks down on the ground. Uh, do you guys know what our, our number is for sacks on the on the course of this whole season? You know, the number of sacks that we have? No. No, I have no idea. We have we have 40 through 16 games. Doesn't sound like a horrible number, right? But in the second half of the season, you, you'd be hard-pressed to find a lot of sacks 
Um, you know, I, I don't have that number in front of me from the first eight games to the second eight, but I can assure you that the number is way, way down in the second half of this season. I mean, way down compared to early on. I want to say that we may have had, you know, 10 sacks the whole second half of the season. And uh, most of the, most of those sacks came early on, but uh, you can look that up, Mike. We can talk about it on another, on another show. That's an after season topic. All right, that's fine. However you want to do it, Mike. Yep. After season, preseason, postseason, yep. well, we start When we start talking about the defense and fall, who we want back and who we don't want back spring, and all that kind of stuff. Winter, however you want to do it. All right, so make sure you guys follow us at FinFans Podcast on Twitter. That's our official podcast or our official yeah. uh, podcast Twitter page. I did oh, want yeah. a real quick stat for you guys. As everybody knows, Tyreek Hill was on pace for 2,000 yards early in the season. Obviously, has fallen off that pace, but he does have a career year. 117 receptions, 1,687 yards are both career highs for Tyreek Hill in his first season in Miami. And he needs 113 yards to eclipse 1,800 which would make him the sixth player in NFL history to do so. Uh, just so happens Justin Jefferson is at 1771, so he'll eclipse that this year too. Two in the same year, boys. Uh, Tyreek's uh, best season of his career this year in Miami. And right. that's what I wanted to end with. His best season, eh? Yep. 117 receptions, 1,687 yards. In that aspect, touchdown-wise, it's one of his worst uh, so far. Correct. Correct. Uh, tied right. for second worst. Gotcha. All right, Daniel. I got you on that one. Go ahead, Mike. What do you got? We got to close the show. All right. You do it. Thanks for joining me, guys. Yeah, you're welcome. And thanks for listening, everybody. Fins up. Let's beat the stinking Jets, huh? Happy Let's New Year. Let's go. Fins up, everybody. Fins up. All right, that's today's show. I just want to remind everyone that the Fin Fans podcast is proud to be part of DolphinsTalk.com podcast network and the Pigskin podcast network. Check out these sites, guys. There's lots of podcasts and information there that you'll enjoy. All right, until next time, be well and take care. Podcast Network.